0: Hello and welcome to this podcast. My name is Angelica and I'm your host. I have been asked to address anxiety in one of my podcasts because anxiety is a topic that affects many people. One in five Canadians has a mild to severe mood or anxiety disorder. And sadly, anxiety is especially on the rise among children and teens. I have one teenager still in school. She's in her late teens. And she tells me how many of her friends are struggling with anxiety, depression, or eating disorders. The fear about the future is high among teens. Um, I see that every day with clients, with my own kids. So what can we as adults do to cope with uncertainty? And what can we also do to teach ourselves and our young people how to lessen anxiety? And anxiety shows up in all kinds of life circumstances. So let's work with two or three examples to address this a little bit more concretely. So my first example is Ingrid, who has health challenges. She has colitis and the unpredictability of her physical issues gives her anxiety. My second example is Margaret, who has a fear of flying, which has gotten progressively worse from year to year. And due to her anxiety, she has not stepped foot on a plane in years. And example number three, Peter is a widower and single dad with three daughters. The oldest daughter has anorexia and he is experiencing great anxiety regarding her well-being as well as her two sisters' well-being. The two younger teenagers are also both plagued by anxiety. So anxiety is a more and more prevailing challenge for many people. It's a continuously growing concern at any age. Let's see what's happening in our brains and how we can address this issue. To understand how our brains function, we need to remember that for our ancestors, negative experiences had more impact for their survival than positive ones. Our ancestors needed to remember painful or dangerous experiences, So they would not repeat them. They needed to remember this in order to survive. And our brain is still wired that way. Our brain has evolved with what Rick Hansen calls a negativity bias. In general, we remember negative experiences more easily unless we really focus on the positive ones and take them in deeply. Rick Hansen says that's like having a learning disability, and it traps us in conflict. So that's part of the biological makeup here that's behind anxiety. And it does not help at all to tell somebody who's worrying or who has anxiety to just think positively. And what is it that creates anxiety? It's the experience of uncertainty. And that comes from the fact that we can make representations of time. We can structure our experiences into past, present and future. So our human ability to analyze the past and think ahead to the future is part of a human survival kit. We are, of course, supposed to learn from the past, to be awake and alert in the present and to make sure we're safe in the future. Unfortunately, our ability to evaluate future risks is only based on a few facts and our left brain fills the gaps between those facts in with the story. So depending on which subconscious beliefs we have about ourselves and the world, this story that our left brain makes up is either a supportive one or it's a limiting and fear-inducing one. So in the case of anxiety, our left brain has created a fear narrative, a fear story. And many of you might know this acronym for fear. The F stands for false, the E for evidence, A appearing real. So fear equates to false evidence appearing real, which is not easy to remember when we are in the fear mode. Mark Twain, when he was older, he's been quoted to say it so nicely or with humor. He said, I am an old man now. I've lived a long and difficult life filled with so many misfortunes, most of which never happened. Because most thoughts that make us anxious are thoughts about the future, a future that generally never happens like we imagine. And that's why meditation and mindfulness And staying in the present moment, instead of going into the future, helps to train the brain to stay focused on the here and now. Because the present is all that's real. Therefore, mindfulness alone can already help with anxiety. Another factor is that we have also been trained to avoid unpleasant emotions, to push them down and not to feel them. So naturally, we don't want to feel anxiety However, our attempt to push unpleasant feelings down keeps the anxiety going, so the attempt to make anxiety go away is actually what traps us in it, not the anxiety itself. So what if instead of putting all our energy towards avoiding the anxiety and trying to get rid of it, what if we can learn to be with it and ride it out? It's an ancient Buddhist practice to stay with a feeling that arises. So when fear or dread arises, we can welcome it into our heart and stay with it until it has moved through us. And I'm not saying this is easy, but let's consider this instead of pushing it down, avoiding it. What if we can greet the anxiety like an old friend? Hello, anxiety. Hello, my friend. I know you. You're my old pal, fear. Welcome back. And then keep breathing all the way into your belly. Long, deep, and complete breaths. Letting your belly expand on the inhale and becoming smaller on the exhale. Simply being with the fear, with the anxiety, allows it to come and go like all other mental content. Of course, like I said before, this is not easy. Mindfulness and being with the feeling requires practice like everything else in life. And when we say oh, I've tried that mindful thing. It doesn't work. It's a little bit like saying, I've tried playing the piano. It does not work. So often we believe uncertainty is the problem to be solved. We might say, when you think of our three examples, we might say, if I could just control my health or my physical body, I'd feel better. Or the lady with the lying phobia might say if i could just have a guarantee that there will be no turbulences on the plane or the student if i just knew whether i will pass my exam or not or the father who's worried about his daughter if i just knew that my child will be all right in the future and sometimes of course we can make future plans and provide more certainty and safety for ourselves at other times, though there's nothing we can do with the uncertainty, and the uncertainty is not actually the problem to solve anyways. A much more useful approach is to rest in the uncertainty and experience it as a sanctuary of possibilities when we are emotionally in a place to create a positive influence or make choices, we end up being more comfortable with the uncertainty of a situation, and in the end are actually more in control. And a situation of suffering and uncertainty can totally challenge our whole identity. That's where this is really challenging. So, for example, being sick might challenge my identity to be a productive and capable human. A fear or phobia, like the flying fear, might challenge my identity as a rational adult or spiritual person. A crisis with my child might challenge my identity as a good parent. So first of all, we need to remember that we still are who we always were, even with the anxiety. In fact, we are everything. We're capable and rational, even though there's a fear. We're spiritual, even though sometimes we find it hard to trust. We are a good parent, no matter what's going on with our children. We're just having the experience of a hugely challenging situation. And because it's unpleasant to feel the pain and the disappointment, the shame, the anger, the fear or other emotion, we seek control. So if we instead acknowledge the painful feelings, we can shift into a place of self-compassion and we can then move from attempting to gain control to choice. And that's another thing that we can do with anxiety. In any situation that causes anxiety, we can always ask, What can I bring to this situation? What can I choose here? Can I bring courage to it, especially with a health issue or trust? Can I trust I'm safe when I get on the plane or love? Who do I want to be in this situation and how do I want to feel? So the answer might be, I want to feel less alone and therefore I reach out for support to address this health crisis. Or with the uh, fear of flying, I want to be present and calm on the airplane and I want to trust that I am safe in the universe. Or as the parent, I want to be compassionate and loving with my struggling child. So no matter how much we feel out of control, we can always choose what we want to bring to this situation and how we want to show up. So anxiety is a loud call to actually go inside and figure out how we can change our perception of the uncertainty after all uncertainty and change are part of living life and we can fight it and be uncomfortable with it or we can allow ourselves to be with it and be in courage, love, trust So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and for considering a slightly different perspective of how to cope with uncertainty and lessen anxiety. I hope uh, you will join me again soon for another podcast. And if you're enjoying my articles on my website, you can subscribe to receive an email notification whenever I post a new blog. All you need to do is enter your email address on my website. There's a bar on the left hand side. And if you would like to contact me for a session, my name is Angelica. My phone number is 905-286-9466 or you can email me to greendoorrelaxation at yahoo.ca. Have a great day.